This is Ashley. And I'm Megan. And you're listening to Our Story for All Stories. Well, Ashley, it's time for another podcast. I love when it's time for another podcast. Yeah, and this one, I think, is going to be really awesome. It's going to be our first tangible, action-oriented kind of podcast. Here for it. Yeah, and so before we jump into that, we'll just tease you for a minute and press pause because the last time we were with all of you on this podcast was, well, when we were recording it, I should say. Sure, yeah. We had just started, we just launched the church. So crazy. And you could probably hear the excitement and terrifiedness of our voices. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All the feelings. Yeah, all the feelings. I can't say, our voices have stabilized a little bit, but I can't say that the emotions have disappeared. No, no. They're all still there. (laughs) In a good way. Yeah. Oh, in the best way. And it's been so amazing to interact with all of you in the various places, levels, you know, both here in person mm-hmm. um, with the two church services that we've now had, yep. but also just interact, continuing to interact with you through this podcast, through social media. I think we underestimated that. I think we underestimated how we would be given all these different opportunities to reach out to people and talk to people and connect with people aside from just gathering together. Right. Yeah. You know, we, we focus so much in our pr- plannings about how our gatherings would look and as we've moved forward, we've realized we've got to be very intentional also about how our um, online presence, if you will, looks and and how we're intentional about staying engaged because that seems to be a very important part of our people's desires and, and ways that they reach out to us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited about what we've got coming up on the podcast these next three episodes. Yeah, so Ashley just said three episodes, and that's because we've listened to you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of you said that you'd love to hear about the body, um, body confidence, um, sexual sexuality, uh, love, body, all that, just how it incorporates. And that's a very broad Yeah span of topics and so we didn't want to just try and fit all that into one podcast i don't think there's i don't even think that'd be possible Mm-mm. not unless people wanted to listen to us for like three hours straight <laughs> i mean we'll do it if you want us to yeah i don't we can talk that long yeah we could definitely talk that long <laughs> y'all might press pause yeah <laughs> you might not follow us anymore but with that we thought we'd be remiss if we did not start the body series with the biggest body issue kind of facing our society right now. All over the news. All over the news. And that's respect of ours and each other's bodies. Mm -hmm. The Me Too movement has been going on for about a year now. It really took off about a year ago this time. Yeah. Um, And it took another um, elevation, like moved upward again um, into the media presence and social media and just general activity recently with some of the Supreme Court stuff that was going on. um, A lot of, I use the word triggering, there's a lot of visceral responses to that across the board. Um, They said that the hotlines for um, suicide, sexual Mm, assault, all those hotlines had a a huge spike in calls um, with all that was going on. And so we really wanted to address that today. And then we tried. 
We did try. We tried real hard. And we were, you know, this is us being totally honest with you. Um, We had some really good thoughts, Mm -hmm. but trying to piece them together, we, we kind of did not formulate a whole podcast that really worked. We were just so keyed up. We were passionate. We had a lot yeah. that we wanted to say, and we just couldn't get it succinct. We couldn't get it in one podcast. Yeah, like we just told you, like we could talk for three hours. Um, <laughs> apparently, we can talk for three hours about this one topic alone. Easily. And trying to nail down, we were really focusing on a spiritual response to this and to, to body respect and respecting each other's bodies. And we realized that there's people in our community that are out there responding spiritually mm-hmm. through God's call, through their own experiences, out there actively engaging survivors and tangibly doing something. And so rather than us sit around trying to figure out how we're going to knock out this podcast with emotions that we can't succinctly hammer down, we decided we'd reach out. Mm-hmm. And so Ashley interviews, here in a minute, you're going to get to listen in on Ashley interviewing the Layers of Dignity. It's a new nonprofit that just started here in the Raleigh area. Ashley, uh, do you have a little bit of an introduction uh, for those ladies? Absolutely. I love Laura and Haley of Layers of Dignity. They are sisters who um, each in their own ways have um are able to identify with the Me Too movement. And they, you know, you often hear all these different huge and crazy things going on in the world. And you just think, I I don't know how to respond to that. I don't know how to help. How can I make a difference in response to that issue? And they have made this amazing but simple way to respond to um, people that have experienced sexual assault and rape. Um, they are creating these amazing tote bags, which we'll talk about more in the interview, so stick around to hear that. Um, and they are already helping uh, women, and eventually men, in, I think, three or four hospitals in the area and at the Solace Center at Interact here in Raleigh. Um, and it's just, I'm just so impressed with them. I'm just so proud of them, and I really hope that you all enjoy this interview and that you find ways that you might want to plug in and, and help them out. Yeah, and and what they're doing um, is in their name. Yeah, you know, it's it's providing and kind of uplifting um, survivors, giving hope, giving hope, giving dignity. Yep. Um, and and those are things that we don't always think about um, when we're ha- when we're hearing the stories of survivors is the fact that they've lost some of that. Um, we don't often focus on those things. We focus on the facts. And so I think um, as we move into this, it's, it'll be really exciting to hear from Haley and Laura and just to see how they're providing dignity and hope to survivors of sexual assault. I'm also really proud of how vulnerable they are in this interview. They share parts of their personal story um, and what inspired them and what catapulted them into this huge idea And so I'm really honored that we get to share their story with you all, um, because this might be your story, too. Right. Well, Ashley, I'm excited. So without further ado, let's uh, tune in to your interview with Laura and Haley of Layers of Dignity. 
I am so excited to have Haley and Laura talking with us today in our body series. Uh, these two sisters are doing amazing work and I, I'm just not even going to explain anything about it. I want them to do all the explaining. So welcome to the podcast, you guys. Thank you for having us. Hello. You're welcome. Okay. So what is Layers of Dignity? So we are an official nonprofit. Yay! That was very recent. Congratulations. Last week, after three requests, um, that provides tote bags to sexual assault survivors in emergency departments and women's advocacy centers um, post-trauma. That way they have clothing after going through a sexual assault kit, um, which includes giving up your clothing as evidence. So this clothing lets you walk out with a little bit more dignity, hopefully, than when you came in. Mm, I love that. So before we talk more about what's in these totes, because that's really important since y'all are collecting things for this, I want to talk about the story behind this this simple idea, but really powerful idea. Like, why, why start Layers of Dignity? So... Um, Lara and I are both nurses. Um, I've been a pediatric emergency nurse for the last five years. Lara's um, been a nurse for 10 years, and she has um, history in labor and delivery and pediatrics. And she's also done some sexual assault nurse examination training. Um, And so with working in emergency department and with history in um, sexual assault arena type areas. Um, we've both done sexual assault kits. Um, and unfortunately with my job, um, I do them pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, so being on the professional side of that, you know, having to hand over paper scrubs to a survivor Mm -hmm. after we've probably re-traumatized them trying to hopefully in the end get justice from this evidence kit. Um, We have seen that there's kind of a gap and a hole there that needed to be fixed. Sure. Um, No one talks about that. Yeah. And so knowing it from a nursing standpoint and a professional standpoint, um, we'd seen the disparity there. And then in 2016, um, I actually became a survivor myself. Mm. And so being on the other end of the spectrum and being the patient, um, it's a terrifying process. It's a, even if you have all the support in the world, it's the loneliest process you can go through. Um, and so after I went through that and Lara went through that right next to me, um, we decided that something had to be done. Um, and so here's layers of dignity. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Thank you so much for being brave and sharing that part of your story on this podcast. And I'm sorry that you've had to experience that, but I'm so proud of you for how you've made this amazing and much needed organization out of something so horrible and terrible. Thanks. Oh, thank you for that. Um, so tell me more about these tote bags. I know you've you've kind of mentioned them a couple times. I have helped y'all pack them and make them, <laughs> and I love that process. But um, I want y'all to explain. So what exactly do you put in these tote bags? 
Um, what are some very important things about these tote bags that you always want to make sure end up in there? Laura, start telling us about that. All right. So the tote bags include a brand new outfit. It was really important that all the items be brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to I make sure that. that the survivors felt like a forethought and not an afterthought. Mm. Um, so the tags are left on um, so that they specifically know they have not been used um, yeah. for anyone else. Um, And then we have toiletry items to help freshen up um, after the kit is performed. And then fuzzy socks, because why not? Um, And then a love note from a survivor. um, And then also next step resources of where you can go for counseling, where you can go for legal help. Where's the next step to get more information and um, find the community? So where in the triangle have you guys already delivered totes? I know you have a big dream of delivering them tons of places, but where where have you already got totes in the triangle? So August 1st of this year, we delivered our first round of totes to the Wake Med Raleigh emergency departments, both adult and children. Um, And then we also delivered to the Sala Center, um, which is within Interact, um, a women's advocacy center here in downtown Raleigh off of Oberlin Road. Um, we delivered a total of 40, 30 went to Wake Med, 10 went to the Solace Center, and two months later, um, we are refilling um, the Solace Center, mm. and probably about 80% of Wake Med's total. We have been um, contacted by Duke um, ER. We're going to deliver there within the next couple of weeks, wow. um, and we're hoping to be in as many places as possible. Um, of course, it's just the two of us right now um, working out the totes and getting them <laughs> where they need to go. But any point of entry for a survivor is where we would like our totes to be um, just so that we can get them in the hands of the survivors so that they know um, that they're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that the two of you are believers. You are very active in your church And I'm wondering if that at all is a part of Layers of Dignity for you, um, how your faith comes into play, um, into how you go about doing this ministry, if you call it a ministry, if you just call it a nonprofit, or if that kind of material is in the bags. Definitely Layers of Dignity has been um, an area of ministry for us and an area of therapy for us, um, because after something like this, you spend a lot of time... um, and the darkness and the depression and the gasping for air climb Mm. up to the surface. Yeah. Um, And so you spend a lot of time angry um, and we had to kind of navigate through that to a point where we had to make the decision to make it a righteous anger. Mm. Um, And so with righteous anger becomes a place where you have to act. Absolutely. Um, and so this is our way of acting um, and putting our faith into action and the goal of providing hope and redemption at the earliest point possible to survivors, um, knowing that this is not the end of your story. This will not end in ashes. There is a future and a hope for you. Absolutely. Um, So that part is definitely fueled by Jesus for us. I love that. And even just from a psychological standpoint, when you go through a trauma, um, 
and even just in life, you there's a the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like yeah. this is a known um, theory that you have to have your physical needs met. Um, you have to have um, a sense of security and um, fear of, I mean, freedom from fear in order to move on to anything greater than that. Yeah. So in the totes, when they're receiving these totes, they're at a point in life and a moment where none of those are met. You're scared. Mm. You're, you no longer feel um, safe. You have been violated. You know, you're possibly healing from injuries. Like all these things have to be taken care of before you can even start to unpack where Jesus fits into this. um, So we, we didn't include anything. We have our cards there um, for people to reach out to us. Um, We're very open about who we are and where you can find us, but we just felt like that was not the time or place to put that, especially since not only are we dealing with a Me Too movement, but we're dealing with a church too movement. And Mm, the church um, can hinder a lot of involvement from survivors um, if they have been hurt in the church or have not necessarily been assaulted within the church, but have had church members or staff deal with their assault in a way that is hurtful and re-traumatizing, then we don't want to come out the gate with that label already. We just want to love them where they're at, give them what they need, fulfill, you know, that, you know, physical and psychological need first, and then we can deal with the emotional needs later. Yeah, I really appreciate your approach to that that way. I really do. So we've talked a lot about how y'all are serving women, um, but you mentioned having children's totes as well, um, which is really hard to think about and talk about, but it's part of the need as well. So tell me about deciding to add children's totes. Yeah, so as a pediatric emergency nurse, um, one of the many aspects of my job has been doing sexual assault kits on kids. Um, You know, we've seen it from months old to 17. So um, we try to cover those sizes as well. Um, And then in children's totes, we also include like a teddy bear or a fleece blanket, just a comfort item um, for that age group as well. Mm. And I think it's also important to note that we're not ignorant to the fact that men don't experience assault. We know that men are survivors Mm. and we plan to have, um, totes for them or whatever we decide to do for men um, in the future uh, once we are able to tackle the women and children population um, hopefully we'll be able to expand and um, deliver to men as well that's awesome I love that you you're aware that that's an issue that you have the plan for that but you also know that as a baby nonprofit you got to start <laughs> somewhere <laughs> yes. and then work towards that as well. Mm-hmm. Um you mentioned the Me Too movement and the Church Too movement. And um there's just a lot going on in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
in this, I, you know, I agree that this is kind of an age of reckoning that a lot of things are coming to light. Like this is not a new need for layers of dignity. Unfortunately, this has been something that's been needed for years, but especially right now as, um, all the stuff is coming to light as we are in this time where, um, we're just kind of calling BS on a lot of previously, you know, okayed things in the world. Um, I'm sure y'all are getting a lot of interesting questions and conversation in light of, uh, you know, recent confirmation hearings and um, all the things that are going on. So in your research and experience, uh, what is your response to a question like, why would someone wait 35 years to report their assault? So even five years ago, sexual assault was a taboo subject. Oh, sure. Um, and if we're talking 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30, 35, 40, like going even further than that, I can't imagine having to be a young adult in that time Mm. or even a teenager or even a child, like where's their space for that? Yeah. And so a reason why some, I mean, there are a million reasons and they're all valid of sure. why someone would wait or never tell. Um, you need to find a safe space. And if you had parents that were not, you know, at a space to take that and help you work through that, or if, you know, the perpetrator was a family member, a mm. family friend, you know, a large figurehead, you know, there's so many loopholes that would have to be jumped through, um, to even start that conversation. Um, and so I always say like, and think in my head, um, you know, which is kind of, sounds kind of backwards, um, that, you know, I was really blessed to be a survivor right before the Me Too movement, came out like I cannot imagine not being a survivor in a time where you know you couldn't have a voice yeah um and unfortunately we're still in a time where regardless of your voice you're probably not going to get justice Mm -hmm. um and so just being in the arena of being able to start using our voice for good and for um, helping people, you know, find safe spaces for that. No, I think that your, um, I think that these early voices, your voices are the ones that are calling into light this reckoning. You're calling the stuff out of the darkness. And that is not easy to be on the front line of ushering in the reckoning because you are not necessarily believed or you're criticized or whatever. But I also think that our generation, our age group, we just can't stay sick in our secrets anymore. We've watched too many other generations stay sick in their secrets. And I think that gets passed down. Mm-hmm. I think that um, creates these terrible systems that we are now functioning in mm-hmm. because we want to keep things so secretive. Um, so I just think it's incredibly brave, you and the other voices that are saying, okay, it's, this is enough. We can't do this anymore. It's not fair. You know, I'll, I'll take the criticism now, but it's going to help bring in a right. new age, I think. 
Definitely. Well, so what have y'all have, what have y'all found in your research about, um, statistics regarding things like false accusations? You know, there's all these different things we keep hearing right now that people like to talk about when it comes to sexual assault. Yeah. False accusations and women coming forward for the sake of fame or, um, just being seen is not a thing. Right. (laughs) Um, it's, False reporting is really low. It's actually, in research, it's been between 2 to 10% of people that come forward. Wow. Um, so, like, to give that more real numbers, like a study of eight U.S. communities, which included 2,059 cases of sexual assault, 7.1% were false. So, I mean, it's very little. Um, it's not because of all the reasons why people don't come forward and share no one wants to jump into that arena when they don't have to. <laughs> right. Oh my no, gosh. no one wants to have to come up against that um, and risk their security, risk their reputation, risk their um, their families, everything. I mean, mm-hmm. what we've seen happen over the past couple of weeks, no one steps into that willingly. Um, and as every survivor would attest, no amount of money, no amount of... Mm-hmm. fame nothing would give you <laughs> any um inkling that that's a road you want to travel down by choice right. so um the idea that there could be false accusations and men getting falsely accused or women getting falsely accused it's not a thing sure sure and even personally um you know i thankfully had um a safe space and a very hefty um, source of um, support through my family, um, through close friends, and, you know, they came around. Um, and even then, like, that isn't something you want to have to share. Sure. Um, and, you know, going through all of the layers of healing and hashing out and, you know, trying to figure out what life is going to look like past August 1st, 2016. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there are days now that I still, I'm like, man, what was I thinking creating this nonprofit where I have to think about this every day? Mm. <laughs> like, why would I do that to myself? Right. <laughs> and so, you know, either I would love to never have to think about it again. Right. So the idea that this is all just for funsies is right. a lie. Right. <laughs> right. And you have done this beautiful thing of if you're going to have to think about it every day, why not channel that, that energy that I'm sure sometimes rage, the grief, the mm-hmm. sadness, all those feelings into something that will help other people. I mean, that's, that's huge. That's really amazing that you've done that. Well, what are the different ways that people can support y'all? What are the different ways that people can give to you? Well, you get most up-to-date notifications on how to specifically help through social media. We do. Yeah, how can we find you? Yep, we're on Instagram, at Layers of Dignity. On Facebook, you can search for us there. Our website will soon be up and running, um, and we're going to have some... Layers of Dignity merch on there, which mm. if you purchase, that will help us. Um, 
And being a nonprofit, everything that you purchase from us goes straight back into the company and filling the totes. Um, we basically have three ways that you can help us. Um, we are always willing to accept survivor notes. Um, mm. You can email those to us, layersofdignity at gmail.com. You can send them to us and you can find our address um, online. And then um, we also accept clothing donations, which, of course, we mentioned earlier is all brand new. And we also want it to be trauma-informed. So if you're looking at something you're going to purchase, we don't want it to be highlighter yellow or um, mm. something that's going to draw attention. We want them to be able to walk out of um, the ER or the advocacy center um, without drawing attention because they're going to feel like all eyes are on them anyway. Sure. So we don't want to cause that. Right. Um, and then also what's written on the clothing, what design is on the clothing to look at it through someone who's hurting and who's been, um, had their privacy invaded is important. Um, so even in the kids clothing, um, no, nothing with cuddle day or, um, I just things that are normally perfectly fine for a child, but unfortunately after assault could not be okay. Yeah. Um, and like anything that's like graphic tees or quotes, like you have to be brave very, or like, you know, sure. like even things that are like, you just don't want to attach anything to that day that doesn't have to be because it'll forever be attached to that day. Right. Oh, absolutely. So we want to be very careful about that. And so we have an Amazon wish list. Um, we try and keep that as updated as we can, but like I said, it's just the two of us. So we're trying our best. Um, and then you can also donate money. Um, if you want us to just do the shopping for you, we're more than happy to do that. Um, and we take money through Venmo, um, at Layers of Dignity. You can send us checks. Um, there's Amazon gift cards you can send us. It has our address directly. And if you go through the wish list, and can you think of anything I'm missing? Um, and then just like you said, we'll have merchandise up on our website, um, and, you know, if you're someone that likes to go out and shop deals and, you know, we've seen that, um, the type of clothing in our totes is frequently on sale, which is great. Um, but then again, if you are interested in just clicking and it being done, feel free to do that as well, whichever you enjoy doing most. Mm-hmm. You've made it really easy with the Amazon wish list to already have made the decisions, to have already done the research on what you mm-hmm. want in these totes, what works in these totes. That really is a very easy way for someone just to click a few buttons, mm-hmm. ships right to you. Um, so I think that's, I think it's really cool that this is an actual way. I, I think there's so many people that they hear all these things going on in the world, all this hurt, all these big moments right now of trauma and they think there's no way that I can help in that. There's no way I can be a part of this conversation. And this is a very easy way to help, Mm -hmm. to be a part of the conversation, to show up in being even the teeniest, tiniest redemptive part of somebody's nightmare kind of story. So I'm 
I love that y'all have done this. I'm so proud of the two of you. I, I can say that because I've been watching these two <laughs> as they have built this. And I um, like to jump in every now and then and photograph them <laughs> doing it or help them. <laughs> so um, this is a shameless plug because I love them and what they're doing as well. We love you too. Oh, thanks. Well, y'all have to go check them out. You need to go see what ways that you want to get plugged in. And I'm so thankful that y'all came out and shared your story with everybody yeah. today. Thank you for having me. Thank you.